vastness that makes him wish for wings. Carson tries to stand, but cannot, and he crawls a few feet away and vomits. When there is no more sickness to spill from his gut, he wipes his mouth and shouts at the dead man through trembling lips stained with a blistering splash of tears. What the fuck were you doing? Why didn't you just do what I said? There is nothing on this night that hints at disaster. After 12 years on the force, Carson can tell when a shift will be hell on wheels. On those shifts, the dispatcher begins reciting an address and an incident. Car crash, domestic disturbance, robbery, brawl, accident, murder. Even before Carson is belted behind the wheel. Then there are the calm, quiet shifts when hour after hour he's numb with boredom, cruising the nine square miles of his police service area, and after a couple of hours, he begins looking for a safe place to park and take a nap. But he can't get bored, because bored, he won't see the obvious, the missing tags on the beat-up hoopty driven by a carload of young punks looking for trouble and determined to find it. But this night, he is bored by 9.45, when he walks into the 7-Eleven near the litter-filled streets of a housing project known as The Jungle to buy coffee and a donut. Carson ignores the group of high school-age boys hanging out in front of the store at almost 10 o'clock on a school night, rapping, joning, joking, lying, matches waiting to be struck. Don't they have homes? Carson wonders for the thousandth time, then recalls what he has seen in some of the homes these boys live in. Rats, roaches, three kids sleeping on the living room floor, toddlers playing near stacks of cellophane-wrapped crack cocaine, no heat in the winter, stifling oven-like apartments in the summer. Overworked mamas, long-gone daddies. Those homes make the parking lot of 7-Eleven seem like a step up in the world. Still, why the hell were they standing outside to talk? Just hanging? He'd read somewhere that this was street corner culture, an integral part of the black experience. Some urban ritual but this is Prince George's County. No inner city street corners here, like in nearby D.C. But niggas, he thinks sullenly, can turn any place into a ghetto. Nearly all the arrests he's made, all his stops, involve boys like the ones he barely looks at as he passes by, feeling them grit on him with a steely stare because he's a police officer. To them, he's a cop, and he is, in their eyes, the enemy. He's fed up with arresting young black males, aimless, directionless, often involved in nonviolent crimes that set the stage for all the shit that hits the fan in their young lives.
just last week. He was called to the scene of a shooting and saw a kid no more than 17, dressed in spanking new jeans, $200 Air Jordans, and a fat farm sweatshirt, loaded into the emergency services vehicle, dead. Shot in the back while standing outside of Popeye's from the passenger side of a Crown Vic that careened past the spot where he stood, munching on a spicy chicken breast and a biscuit while talking to his baby's mama. The car didn't even slow down to make the hit. As Carson watched the EMS vehicle drive away, he wondered how many hits the kid had made. Revenge, payback, and a brutal, bloody synchronicity ruled the lives of too many of the young men he arrested. He saw precious few truly innocent victims. Predators, that's what he calls them. Kids like that 14-year-old who walked into a convenience store in Oxon Hill and tried to rob it at 5 a.m. and ended up stabbing the Korean owner to death. What the fuck? Carson sometimes wonders. God damn, my people, my people. Envisioning the future of the race in every act and every choice these young men make. He's tried to talk to them, standing in groups like these or in handcuffs in the backseat of his cruiser, but he might as well be speaking Mandarin. So, yeah, he is tough and he is hard on their black asses. There but for the grace of God. He has a son who, in his worst nightmares, turns into a wannabe thug, giving these young bloods a run for their money. None of it makes sense. On more than one shift, he's arrested suburban black boys from leave-it-to-beaver homes hungering to be criminals, proving their street smarts by being stupid enough to land in jail. He's arrested boys with a plasma TV in their basement and their father's BMW SUV and mom's Lexus and their Honda parked in the garage. He'd been a young punk once, too. Angry, feasting on his own sense of deserved and superfluous rage at a world he couldn't control and that he was sure would never give him room. But bored this night. Carson doesn't even say a word, just figures his presence, the patrol car, the weapon the boys know is in his holster, will do all the talking for him. He swaggers past the cluster of boys, all of them dressed in baggy jeans and oversized shirts, blue bandanas tied around their corn-rolled heads. Carson strides a bit more forcefully than usual, preening to let them know that the convenience store is his turf, not theirs. Everybody thinks it's postal workers who are the major victims of workplace crime. It's really the immigrants and teenagers and retired giving my own business a try sales clerks behind the counters of convenience stores who are the most vulnerable workers in America. It's always open season on them. Every damn day of the week is a good day to die for one of them, somewhere in the land of the free. By just standing at the magazine rack, 
thumbing through copies of Hustler or Newsweek or shooting the breeze for a half hour with whoever is working, Carson can stop a crime. Because Carson doesn't tell the boys to move on, to go home, they continue to stand outside, as loud and boisterous as if they were playing video games and sipping 40s in their living room instead of standing in a public place. He could get them for congregating beneath the no loitering sign, but he doesn't. He and Eric used to debate all the time which was worse, more dangerous. The boredom that makes you lazy, careless, stupid, or the nights of pure adrenaline responding to priority calls back to back. And don't let it be another officer down. But that's why Carson is out here. Why he's a cop. He loves the rush. The risk. Everything on the line. The pressure. The chance to change somebody's fate. Save a life. Because he got there in time to catch the burglar. Prevent some jerk from giving his wife an ass whooping and turning her into a corpse. Or maybe... He stops a killer on the side of Route 450, pulls him over because the knucklehead is driving a car with broken taillights, expired plates, and when he runs his license through the computer, he discovers this is a live one, the kind of scum they build prisons for, and when he searches the car, he finds a weapon, and not just any weapon, but one that's loaded and has been used in a murder. Still.